Listening to the Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. Here with me is <laughs> Editorial Director Kara Davis. Hello. Managing Editor Tyler Clark. Hi there. We have Flynn managing the ones and twos. And on a mic today. Hi. And Cameron is on vacation in New York. Wait, this who week. are you? I'm Jesse. I'm not Cameron. Yeah. Jesse Carey. Cameron Strang, um, Relevant Honcho, is uh, celebrating his 30th birthday. In New York City. In the, style. Yes. Yep. The rotten apple. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't he, he went to see the uh, Colbert Rapport this week. Yes. And right. um, yeah. I think he went to, uh, he's, he's there with his wife, Maya. They also went to see uh, the musical Spam a lot. Nice. So we hope they're having a good time. Yeah. And happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Yeah, it's a big day. Yes, it is. Jesse and I are going to see the Orlando Magic play the Boston Celtics. Yeah, oh, Boston. That's appropriate. Yeah, yes. Boston on St. Patty's Day. We're hoping it's going to be pretty crazy. Yes. Cameron good time I, will be had by all. Cameron <laughs> actually told me a good St. Patrick's Day story the other day. His birthday is three days before St. Patrick's Day. So in elementary school, you know, when you have to bring like cupcakes or something in, the only ones that were ever available were uh, St. Patrick's Day cupcakes. <laughs> nice. So uh, he said that everyone thought he was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. That yep. is a good one. It's like he's here. Yeah. <laughs> he's here in Irish spirit. Yeah. So send him an email at Cameron at relevantmediagroup.com wishing him a happy St. Rio <laughs> or St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> yeah. whichever you want. Yeah, yeah. And never fear, Cameron will be back next week. I, I, I wasn't afraid. <laughs> the podcast lie. listeners were. Okay. <laughs> and later in the show, we will have Craig Gross. From triplexchurch.com uh, uh, in. Well, actually, he was in last or earlier in the week, but we will uh, be playing that interview for you. You all right there, Flynn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Stubbed the toe pretty badly, it looks like. Trip, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what do we got in uh, entertainment news, Tyler? Oh, you're the one that usually digs this up for us, so I'll let you handle it. All right, well, I'll do that as well. <laughs> uh, this week at, at the box office, we have V for Vendetta. I'm looking forward to that. Natalie Portman, that's... I'm I'm ready to see that with a shaved head. She's a great actress, and yeah. you gotta love people with shaved heads. And this is supposed to be a huge blockbuster. It's actually supposed to come out in November, but it's about a uh, terrorist in London who's a good guy. But it happened. But November was when the London bombings happened. Yeah, yeah. So they postponed it. Smart move. Also, they got she. She's the man coming out. <laughs> I gotta admit, I love the little previews when the ball hits her in between the legs, and she's like, "What? Oh, oh!" <laughs> it makes me want to see the movie even less. <laughs> Who, who's in this? Uh, Amanda Bynes. Who? Who? Yeah, from uh, <laughs> exactly. Amanda. From what I like about you, uh, which is one of the most painful TV shows I've ever watched. <laughs> okay. But my wife thinks that she's great. Okay. She wants to go see this movie, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can get out of it. So, I can, Kara, I, if you want to you you take one for the team. There you go. <laughs> I can think of this, nothing that I want to do less. <laughs> also, up in limited release, I don't really know too much about it, but I saw it and I figured we had to mention it. The movie's called Church Ball, and the plot is a comedy set in the world of competitive church league basketball. Ooh. And it stars a great uh, rundown of C-listers, including the other Wilson brother, Andrew. Aww. Um, Clint Howard, who's Ron Howard's brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gary Coleman, Kareem oh. Abdul-Jabbar, and Fred Willard. Wow. Nice. So That ought to be a gem. Yeah, I mean, it's called, it's Church League Basketball, so... We can all identify. <laughs> also, albums, we got a whole slew of them coming out. We have uh, Ben Harper, Both Sides of the Gun, on yeah. Virgin Records. Nice. nice. We actually got to listen to that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, editors, The Black Room, on Kitchenware. <laughs> Mates of States, Bring It Back on Burksuck. The Sounds, Dying to Say This to You on New Line. Loose Furs, Born Again in the USA. What a great album title. Yeah. 
um, the new Amsterdam's uh, story like a scar and vagrant Appleseed cast their new ones on militia group great we have, album. it is a great album yep. should we play a sample let's play a sample hey bring right. it go. back That was Appleseed Cast. Um, also, we got Classic Crime, a new band on Tooth & Nail. Their album's called Albatross. Not to be confused with the band and Albatross. Right? Okay. Yeah, I always get those confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a real stumbling block. Um, then we also have Cutlass has a new one, Hearts of the Innocent on BEC. All right. And then finally, Jeremy Camp restored Deluxe Edition on BEC. Ooh, you got it. It's a big week for deluxe. Tooth & Nail. I, <laughs> I know. I think it's just, I don't know why it's deluxe. Maybe it comes with a DVD or something. Hmm. You, you know, it's actually, I think it has four new tracks or unreleased tracks. We have it for sale in the relevant store. Well, there you go. It actually, it's deluxe because it actually comes in one of the old CD packages. Remember back when they first started selling <laughs> CDs? Yeah. And they were like the big long There's a huge contraption. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Well, I, uh, next up we have uh, slices. That was the Chalets, Feel the Machine, and prior to that, we opened up with Mark Ronson featuring Alex Greenwald with the remake of the wonderful Radiohead song called Just. Yeah! Um, if the vocals sound familiar, Alex Greenwald is from Phantom Planet, so there you go. There you go. The more you know, the more you grow. Knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe. Yep, and uh, now Slices. Take it away, Kara. Jack Black got married to longtime girlfriend musician Tanya Hayden, which could be Tanya Hayden. I'm not sure. Sorry if we got it wrong. Yeah. No, um, we're not. Yeah, they met when they were in, in um, a private high school in Santa Monica, so they've been friends a long time. Black is 36 and Hayden is 34. They eloped a couple of weeks ago and had a big party last weekend to celebrate. Well... Good luck to him. I, I like I it. I, I like it when celebrities like don't always marry. They even though she's a musician, you know, like yeah. she's not a right. big movie. She star. knew him when. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, there's a there's a funny story. I have Houston, Texas. Uh, Chick Fil A kind of has a reputation for being a, a Christian company. Uh, with Don Miller speaking at their events and all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Chick Fil A in Houston is giving. If you buy, if you bring in a church bulletin. From like the week of, you, they'll give you a free sandwich. Sweet! Ooh, I yeah. actually make the church bulletin for my church. Really? Maybe I get like a whole tray of nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> or you could bring in some counterfeit bulletins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my home <Yep>. computer. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a slice here that says Republicans happier than Democrats. Uh, the survey released this week points out several disparities based on lifestyle beliefs and political persuasion. This says Republicans are happier than Democrats. People who worship frequently are happier than those who don't. The rich are happier than the poor. Whites and Hispanics are happier than blacks. Married people are happier than the unmarried. Dog owners and cat owners rate the same. Shocking. Right Sunbelt residents are happier than everyone else. Where's the Sunbelt? <sighs> That's what we're trying to figure <laughs> out. That's the editorial question huh. of the week. Yeah, where is the Sun Belt? <laughs> Aren't we in the Sun Belt? We're, That's I where thought I thought. We were in the Bible I thought it belt. was Florida. I Florida was. Though everywhere I've lived, I'm like, happy. you're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Every place everywhere I've lived. You live. yeah. 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 Which Man. is funny because I used to live in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one here. Uh, Isaac Hayes, the uh, 70s soul singer, funk yes. singer. Chef. Who, uh, yeah. Uh, known to a lot of us as Chef from South Park, is no longer Chef from South Park. Um, he announced earlier this week that he is leaving the show. Uh, he's been there since 1997 because of what he says are inappropriate ridicule of religious communities. He went on to say, there is a place in, the wor in this world for satire, uh, but there is a time when satire ends and intolerance and bigotry toward religious uh, beliefs and others begins. 
religious beliefs are sacred to people and at all times should be respected and honored. As a civil rights activist for the past 40 years, I cannot support a show that disrespects those beliefs and practices. And when I first heard that part, I thought, oh, that's cool that, you know, he's kind of standing up for himself and, and right. you know, um, kind of taking a he's stand for religious Even tolerance. though he's been there for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, 10 but, years. But then it goes on and... and um, Isaac Hayes, good. Isaac Hayes is a devout uh, Scientologist, and okay. I don't know if you guys have been following what's been happening with with, with uh, Scientology and, and South Park, Not really. but uh, last fall, they ran an episode um, called Trapped in the Closet, which was uh, kind of satirized Scientology, and um, Tom Cruise was a, yeah, yeah it was, it, Scientology, <laughs> and or, uh, Tom Cruise and, and, and uh, John, Travolta. John Travolta were both kind of mocked in it. And it's uh, Scientologists have always been pretty. Um, they don't like to be talked about. They don't like any sort of. They can't can't really take a joke they as hate much publicity. as Christians. Which is okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's weird because like they they don't like to be talked about in public, and at the same time they really like intentionally go after celebrities. Right. Right. It's really yeah. kind of this weird paradox. Well, and the thing is about South Park. I mean, they have a character on the show who's mm-hmm. who's Jesus. Like they're making fun of Christ. They make fun of Jews. They make fun of everyone. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can't we, believe it took them this long to get like upset. Yeah. About well, the show. so uh, Matt Stone, one of, one of the two creators of South Park, um, who we interviewed in Relevant Magazine. Yeah, who we did? When, when was that? Was that a last fall? Last fall. Um, he like just a the day after Isaac Hayes put out this statement, he put out a statement of his own that said, "This is one hundred percent having to do with his faith of Scientology. Uh, he has no problem, uh, and he's cashed plenty of checks uh, with our mm. show making fun of Christians." <laughs> and then he went on to say, and I thought this was great. Uh, he said, uh, he wants a different standard for religions other than his own. And to me, that is where intolerance and bigotry begin. Ooh. Wow. Uh, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Wow. And they're just basically saying, we just want to make fun of all of them and cash in. Yeah. 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 You know. And it's so. like, you know, I think whether you agree with South Park or not, whether, like, regardless of your stance on that, like, I think Isaac Hayes is kind of in the wrong for, like, being on board with it when they're making fun of uh, Christianity and, yeah. and Judaism and Islam. And then as soon as they, you know, pointed at his religion, yeah. suddenly they're they're up in arms. I, I've always thought the line between like satire and and you know mean spirited humor mm-hmm. is like because everyone's like, oh, lighten up, man, just satire. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, I mean, I understand you can disarm stereotypes by by making fun of them, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a fine line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. I know Tyler dances that line all day. Yeah. All day. His, his back and forth. Back and forth. On the ceiling. Next up, feedback. Last week on the podcast, we talked a little bit about the um, mute math lawsuit against Warner Brothers and Word, yeah. and uh, it turned into a kind of a long conversation, and and uh, there was some talk about the corrupt radio industry, and uh, a DJ in Virginia who asked us not to use his name uh, sent us a letter, and uh, he said, I've worked in mainstream radio for four and a half years and understand how many outsiders would think that our industry is corrupt and very manipulative towards independent artists or even artists in general. The great company I'm privileged to work for has been an industry leader against payola, you know, the act of accepting payment or anything else in, va- in value with the intent of encouraging broadcast content, which the FCC is coming down on hard these days. If anything, the corruption you hear about in radio, I think, trickles down trickles down from trickles <laughs> trickles down from record labels, even Christian Christian labels, who would do just about anything to get their artists played on non-satellite radio. What radio does is sell access to a particular demographic to advertisers. Working in advertising, this is something you should all know about. It's only common sense that each particular station plays music that's well-researched and tests well for its particular demo. It's the first step to ensure a great sounding and successful radio station. I'm not going to take the chance on an artist. My audience doesn't know if there's a chance I lose half of my audience to a competitor across the street. And the next month, 
I'm taking the skills I've learned in mainstream radio, moving halfway across the country, and making a jump into Christian radio in hopes of making it better, more real, and authentic, more relevant, if you will. I would appreciate your prayers as a mainstream outsider tries to make it in Christian radio. Love the magazine, love the website, love the podcast. Keep up the great work, and don't pick on Jesse too much. He's pretty cool. No, he's not. Wait Thanks. a minute. Thanks, man. This guy's from, <laughs> Vir- this guy's from Virginia Beach. Oh, Is wait this a your little brother? Yeah. Come on, man. No, he's from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, oh. Flynn. Same, same um, th- state. I think he brings up some good points. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that, you know, we understand that, um, I don't think that our point at all was, was that radio stations should be playing independent stuff. I mean, we as a magazine, like we don't review unsigned bands um, uh, for some of those same reasons. Uh, there's just, I think there's something to be said about artists that are on a signed label and we get all that. Um, I think the point was um, largely that with payola, with all this stuff that's going on right now, um, and even with just honestly the quality of a lot of radio, yeah. um, I think it wasn't so much saying that it's really corrupt as saying that it just is often subpar. Yeah, and I, I don't want to jump back into the same conversation that yeah. we already had, yeah. but like uh, I, I find it interesting that Christian radio and mainstream radio are mutually exclusive in that conversation. Like, uh, I'm going to go to the Christian radio. Like, when I see, when I drive around, I see a sign that says, like, you know, the Christian radio station, it's safe for everyone, you know? Like, uh, you know, I don't think that every part of Christianity is safe. And, yeah. And I mean, there, there's a place for that, but, you know. Yeah. And we talked about that a few months ago. Yeah, that was, anyhow. That was, so thank you, anonymous guy, for your letter. Yeah, and good luck with that, man. Yeah. You know, everybody out there listening, pray for this dude, because that's a big mission. Yep. Our question of the week in 850 was, who do you think will win the American Idol competition, which is heating up? Which, can I say, Can because I'm, I'm sure there are people out there saying, American Idol, you guys suck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you guys doing watching? Okay, I've never, I'd never really watched it before this year. Me either. Um, <laughs> I saw a little bit of the last season. I, and I was one of those, you know, I was a cynic, but then um, started watching like the first round just, you know, to see the really bad people. And then you get sucked in. And here's what I'm going to say about it. If you go in, watch an American Idol, thinking you're going to find the next, you know... Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Marvin Gaye. But yeah, like none of these people are, you know, like really... None of these people are, are going to be Stevie Wonder. But if you go into it like it's a fun reality show, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are just yeah. Yeah. living vicariously through them. Like, oh, what fun, fun that show. would be. Yeah, But uh, the responses we got by and far were for Chris as yep. the winner. Um, it's probably the second runner-up was Mandisa. We got a few for uh, Paris, Lisa, Taylor. Taylor. We, we did get a lot oh, of yes, Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, we got a lot of Taylor. Man, I'm totally out of the loop here, guys. Oh well, My it's bad. been fun. I, I was a little surprised because you think that, like we're saying, like a lot of people are like, "Hell, oh, I don't watch American Idol." You know, it's like admitting to watch the OC. You know, <laughs> a lot of people won't admit it, but there's a lot of people that do. Here's what I think. Um, American Idol has like 30 million viewers or something. Yeah. yeah. Nobody will admit to it. It's like, it's one of those things where with 30 million people watching it, a lot of your friends who say they aren't watching <laughs> it are. It, it, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. For, for some reason, I kind of look at it like <clears throat> The Apprentice. The first two seasons, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the end of the second season, I kind of lost the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel that way about, you know, American Idol, but that's just me. See, that's what I would have thought, too, but, mm-hmm. but like, the the ratings are higher than ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and like Paula said, this is the most, they asked her what, what sets this season apart from others, and she said it's the most talked about, most watched out of all of them. So, I don't know what contributed to that, but it's interesting. Her publicity stunt. <laughs> well, I, I think it might, because, like, they got, they got some, uh, they got, they got, like, you, not everyone's, like, cookie cutter. A pop star, you know they got Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's got the gray hair. They got that little annoying Kevin, Chicken Little. Who, you know, I, the, the why is you, he still there? The little annoying Kevin is that the one that's because looks he's like the Jesse? underdog. No, that's Ace. That's Ace. <laughs> that's Ace. Is he still in there? He almost bit it oh, this yeah. week. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, Go Ace. Ace was in the bottom three. Do you ever um, wonder? Uh, this could just be a conspiracy theory of mine. That do you think it's uh, the the voting? It is 100% like the network doesn't have anything to do with it, or do you think it might be rigged a little? Um, rigged. Well, the thing is, people can vote more than once. You can vote yeah. as much as you can oh. get through, and that's kind of crazy. But you have to pay. It's like a text message, right? No, you can, you can call for free. Really? But here's the thing, and I, I hate admitting this to uh, <laughs> it's a all couple rigged. thousand people, <laughs> but I tried to vote 
uh not this week but uh before i've said tyler you've just lost so much respect you're cool. you it's just unbelievable lost like 27 cool points hey, as soon as, as, soon as if, cameron gets back and hears this i'm fired so um, hey, if you're gonna admit fired. to watching it you might as well vote if you're gonna watch yeah vote. exactly like it's it's like thinking you're you know a step cooler but you're really not um also i voted for taylor which i feel like that's a little more legit you know, I don't know, man. How is no, that? <laughs> no, because he's not like an American Idol type at all. Flynn Simon compared him to a drunken dad at a wedding. Oh man, I have. So he's kind of like a meatloaf. He's kind of like he's he's like a cleaned up Joe Cocker. Can I can okay. I read this feedback real quick about him? Uh, ta- there's the, when they ask who do you think would win, Jeremy Shaw says Taylor Hicks because he looks just like Robert De Niro when he was <laughs> when he was when he has those tremors in Awakenings with Robin Williams. <laughs> That movie is awesome. Wow. Taylor can sing. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, I spelled I spelled that the southern way. He put it. He can sing. Sang. Yeah. Oh my lord. Well, so, in awakenings, we've we. probably dedicated <laughs> enough of this podcast we to America. We certainly Idol. have. And that's it for feedback. Thanks for all of you who write in every week, and especially uh, for those who send in questions for Craig Gross. Craig was in our studio earlier this week when Cameron was here, and here's our interview with him. All right, well, with us today in the studio, we are um, excited to have Craig Gross, one of the founders of Triple X Church. Welcome. Hey, thanks for uh, letting me come in the office, <laughs> in this fancy studio. Yeah, Craig, Craig is uh, the author of The Gutter on Relevant Books, and he also has a new book coming out called Dirty Little Secrets. Yes, yep. about porn. And, about porn. Uh, so we'll see if two or three people buy this one. <laughs> so tell us about Triple uh, X Church. For people who don't know, what's the ministry about? Uh, it started off, you know, uh, about four years ago, just as this online resource, uh, kind of fighting pornography, speaking the truth about pornography. We thought we'd just throw up a website and it would just kind of run itself and never imagine what we got ourselves into. And, and so right now it's, it's you know, this huge website where thousands of people are, are hitting it up daily and emails and, and just a lot of people that are, that are searching for answers when it comes to porn, Christians, non-Christians, it doesn't matter people don't know where to turn to when it comes to getting help from pornography so that's kind of where we land so at the site like is it is there software or what what, what can people find there I mean, you can find everything from a prayer wall to um to free software that uh, monitors where you go online and sends a report to somebody that you want it to just um we really think if you start talking and, and open about this problem you can get through it and so there's a lot of resources a lot of you know we obviously have the free software a lot of free helps free Free information, facts. People are clueless. You know, they have no idea what they're getting into with this. So a lot of, just a lot of information. And then one of the things with porn, it makes you feel like you're all alone. And so, just this community of you know, on the prayer wall and different places where people feel like, you know, what there's other people going through what I'm going through. And uh, so that's the one side of the ministry, the porn side. And then there's so much more on this whole kind of outrageous Christianity side. That Ooh, tell us about that. I mean, that's really what drives me and Mike. It's not the porn. The, I mean, porn is sin, just like anything else, and so we think it keeps you from from what God wants. But what we're trying to do, like what you guys are trying to do here, is put this new face on Christianity that doesn't look like um, you know what people think of. And so, why a lot of the things that we're doing, from going to porn shows, from hanging out with people in the porn industry, the, the whole gutter, what I wrote about that type of stuff that Christians have said you can't do that, and we think, yeah, this is what we need to do, what more people need to do, and so. Beyond porn, that's really the passion of, of I know Mike and, and myself of what we're trying to do with the ministry is, you know, reinvent a lot of this stuff um, that that Christians can and should do. Rewrite this, you know, religious rule book that so people think exists over here that um, that really does, you know, shouldn't shouldn't exist anymore. Right. One of the things that you guys do is you go to the porn shows. Like you were just in the Vegas one in January, right? Yeah, we went. Uh, we've gone. Yeah, four years in a row to Vegas to um, to Los Angeles. We just got invited, and you know, I, I don't know why, but <laughs> we got invited to the gay, uh, the gay uh, adult expo, and we got half off at the booth. And so, uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I, I think Mike, uh, they like Mike, and so uh, <laughs> it was no, it was just interesting because they 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 sent us an email and said, "Hey, we met you in in at Vegas, and we'd love. We think your message would go so well here." <laughs> And Which wow. is to shut down the industry. <laughs> That's great. So they actually invite you guys, even though it's kind of counters what they're promoting? They're not. I mean, we don't look like the enemy. And so I think they. when people, we've been there long enough where they know, okay, these guys are, 
not uh, you know they're not on the same team as us but we gotta hand it to them as far as how we approach the subject yeah. and so the gay show, I think, is going to freak out so many Christians because you know now it's not just porn. It's the gay porn is really the outcast of the porn industry. They have a little section at the porn shows that's gay, um, but you know, as Christians and just the whole stereotype about Christians and gay people, and, and I really feel like our message of that we're going to send that Jesus loves you is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a message simple as day. That's going to go over great. So we're going to New York um, in October for that, and. I don't think we need to bring our wives, you know, as accountability for this show. I think we'll be all right, but it's uh, it, it, it's just new opportunities like that. From going uh, now, will be about three shows a year that we've struck up some great relationships with people in in the industry that um, are searching. You know, they're lost and uh, they're searching for answers. So, for people who didn't read the article in Relevant Magazine, tell us what like you guys do at those shows. I think each year, you know, you. you, you have to reinvent yourselves and have to come up with something new because obviously you're competing against multi-million dollar companies and so here we are on a limited budget in a little 10 by 10 or 20 by 20 booth what we did last year is not going to work and so you know we've had everything from rex the rabbit had our wives dress up as rex the rabbit which is our children's mascot from the church was um <laughs> we have this thing called wally the wiener which you guys printed and 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 a lot of flack we've gotten for wally the wiener it's this it's hard to explain, but it, it's just this fun, fun It was character. not your children's mascot at the church beforehand. <laughs> no, no. Wally, Wally wasn't the children's mascot. He was made, especially made for Triple X Church. But I, I think one of the coolest things that we have done now is it's, it's expanded beyond Mike and myself um, to a team of people. We brought 14 people with us to the last porn show. We had professional hair and makeup artists, not to do our hair, but to do the hair and makeup of porn stars. It was amazing. It was just these girls that love God and uh, have a talent, and so they're uh, they're just there to serve. And so that was amazing. We had a second booth set up besides Wally that had the whole Jesus loves porn star stuff. We gave away um, free T-shirts, free Bibles, and then we did hair. These girls did hair and makeup for the girls in the industry, and that's how a lot of these relationships have started. You know, while you're putting on fake eyelashes and and just telling them, hey, you don't have to pay me anything. It's just you know we love you and. And girls there don't get it. You know, they, they think everyone's expecting something out mm-hmm. of them. And so, for just to do that, um, plant those seeds, it, it's been amazing. So, Craig, what's so interesting to me about your ministry is not only are you going out where they are, but you're also kind of your personal gutter is like the church. You're going into the churches and meeting needs there, not just going out into what other people would consider the gutter. Tell us about like Porn Sunday. Yeah, I think the churches, it, it's tough. You know, a lot of people in church say, well, we'd like you guys a lot better if you just stayed away from the porn. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, well, that's what, you know, so we have kind of our feet in both. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, this weekend I'm here in, in, in Florida speaking at a church and, you know, doing a porn Sunday event at a church, which that's, that's you know, really, we want to resource the church. We want to help the church get through this issue mm-hmm. because this is just like anything else that you can get through, we can get through in church, but um, a lot of churches have no clue how to how to tackle it. So mm-hmm. a big, big effort. I mean, every weekend we're out uh, speaking or doing something at a church because we really feel that's a, that's, that's a hope. That's, I mean, the, the local church. And, and so then on the side, you know, the, our midweek stuff and the stuff that we do in the porn industry – a lot of times they clash, you know, and people, um, some of the things we do in the porn industry prevent us from going into some of these churches. But um, what we do at a porn industry, I mean, we never take Wally the Wiener to a church, um, <laughs> you know. But um, so we're, we're trying to, to go after the church over here and then go after, you know, people caught up in porn and the porn industry as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a week ago, you, or a week or so ago, you had a debate at Northeastern University in front of 1,100 people with Ron Jeremy, right? Yeah, that was that was probably the scariest thing I think I've ever done. I mean, going to a porn show, people are pretty nice to you. You know, um, no one gets that upset. A few people, but being at a college crowd with Ron Jeremy, an icon. I mean, the most popular porn star in the world. Uh, Four thousand women. He's he said to have slept with eighteen hundred porn films. And so Ron looks at me afterward, and before we go on, and he goes, don't you just love going in a place like this where they're not like your crowd? And I go, yeah, I'm up for a challenge, but <laughs> not to like bla- the most, you know, I mean, people cussing, people just boo, I mean, the boos for myself, like it just, it, it was intimidating. And, and really, it's just it's just our culture to see, here's a, here's a bright college campus, you know, almost an Ivy League type school that... You know, and, and and they pack the place. They turn away hundreds to get into this place, wow. and they just they're to they're to cheer for Ron. And 
I, I mean, it's quite sad to see just, um, well, I mean, all that Ron stands for. I mean, this is what, and a lot of it is the rebellion of these kids. I don't think they really mm-hmm. love Ron Jeremy, but it's like, no, we that guy's a pastor and he sucks, you know, but this this guy's the porn star. We got to cheer for him. And the questions pointed at me, the, um, you know, I, it, it was tough. And luckily they they listened, but um, man, to, to see Ron and to see them cheer so loud for this guy, and, and to me, to see Ron, I mean, I, I got to hang out with him afterwards and to see, here, here's a lonely guy, a guy that, um, you know, the first thing he asked me as soon as the show was over, did you get that on video when they all cheered for me? Mm. And I was like, dude, you're 50-something years old and you're still after the applause of men. I mean, it, wow. it's wow. there's more to that, you know, and, and I got to, to ask him, I mean, I asked him point blank, like, I mean, you're 50-something years old. Why are, you, why are you running around like this? And he's telling me about emceeing a strip club and opening for Kid Rock. And the guy's like a teenager still running mm-hmm. around. And, and he goes, one day, Craig, the phone might not ring. And, you know, I'm just, I just got to do it when it's hot. And wow. it's really, really sad to see, um, you know, the, the college kids on one end and then really Ron on, on another end, a guy that, you know, that I felt, man, probably – Probably didn't have people that are speaking into his lives or close friends, and I mean, uh, that was the coolest part of the debate. Getting to get to hang with him. Uh, I'm just I'm just curious, like, what was the forum for the debate? Like on the grounds of like the invitation, just like they just a college wanted to host like two different points of views about porn or. It's there's a company called Wolfman Productions that basically dominates the market on secular college campuses for college ac- student activities. Yeah. They book the cast of Napoleon Dynamite to come into your college. So, Ron, the Ron Jeremy debate is one of the most popular, uh, long-standing debates that they offer because stuff like Napoleon might come and go, but you know, bringing Ron Jeremy and they they put him up against different people here and there. There's a lesbian feminist named Susan Cole that he he debates and a couple other people. And so all those people were booked, and so they called me. And so that obviously, I mean, it, it was like um, I think this one it was a more hostile crowd because the lesbian feminist, okay, at least she has some people on her side. The pastor in in Boston, I mean, I I, I one one guy from the Christian mm. club that was wearing a triple X church shirt, yeah. and, and he like, got beat up afterwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I think it, there's really no. Um, they know bringing Ron Jeremy to a college campus, um, and they're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for this event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that it's gonna. It's, it was our most popular, um, well, best attended event they've ever done on the, wow. on the campus. Wow. And we're going to University of Cincinnati in a in a month or so, and so it's a draw. They know talk about porn, and you know, and we had streakers. We had I mean, it was just <laughs> everything you can imagine. It was it's out of control. Two hours to meet this guy afterwards. And just to see, you know, and, and just something about, and not all young people, but, I mean, to see this college crowd and girls who would want their breasts signed by Ron Jeremy and would stand in line to do that, mm. I, I just was like, I don't get it, you know? And and, and just, just you know, no guy, um, you know, just at your school would be able to do that. And yet, you know, what message are you sending to people when you're standing in line and, you know, it looks fun and games, but there's there's man, I, I had trouble sleeping that night. I just did all these thoughts and, and stuff mm. going through my head of, of what's wrong with our culture mm. and what's, you know, uh, just going after all the wrong things. Yeah. What, what do you, I mean, being kind of on the inside, do you see a common thread um, in the lives of the people who are in the porn industry? I mean, I think stereotype, you'd say, well, maybe they were sexually abused growing up. I mean, is that true or is there no common thread? You no, know, a lot of them are abused. I think the, the biggest thing, and, and now we're working, um, you know, we're, we're getting to work with more and more people in the industry, um, and with the big common thread is bad people around them, um, and especially bad guys around the girls. And every girl we met in the porn industry has some schmuck of a boyfriend that's like is so into her being, you know, a porn star, and just wants to get in not only you know in bed with her, but wants to get in her in her checkbook, wants to get on the accounts, wants to. And the mm-hmm. girls just, you know, they, they don't see it. And um, we go to one girl after the other, and, well, this is just like what's going on with this girl. And they go, wait, you know, bad guys seems to be a theme, which, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which could be absent dads growing up or emotionally or physically absent. Yeah, and then just a lot of a lot of the girls looking, uh, I mean, just willing to compromise and willing. They, they all set these boundaries or set these things that they'll never do. And those continually in the industry get crossed, and they continue. Um, no, I'll only do this, and and then you find yourself, you know, doing something you never thought. Just just like on the other receiving end of porn, when you're 
on the addiction side, it's the same thing. You know, you, you get to do things you never thought you would do. And it's just like that with, with the girls that we've seen in the industry. Even if they don't be, uh, believe what you believe religious, uh, on a religious standpoint, do you think that a lot of people in the industry um, kind of know that, have a sense that, the, that pornography is not healthy or is, that it's destructive? Do you think that, that a lot of these people really believe that it's harmless? Or what have you experienced as far as that? They, and this is an interesting thing, on the Ron Jeremy debate, he was asked by a girl, and I, I guess she was a Christian gal from one of the Christian clubs. She stood up and she just said, Ron, what about this stuff that's just degrading to women and violent to women? And I felt like Ron had a chance to really just um, just speak up and say, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what he told me at dinner. You know, He mm-hmm. tells me about this stuff. Jimmy D, who's a friend of ours that is, is, is a pornographer, and he doesn't agree with everything that's gone on in the porn industry. But like Ron at this particular debate, I think felt like he has to stand up for his whole entire industry. Mm-hmm. And he turned this on this gal and he just said, you know what, some women like these things. And mm. and I'm just going, what, what in the world are you talking about? And he had, a, by a show of hands, he asked in the audience, who, what, what are these girls like this particular thing that happens all the time in porn? And one girl raises her hand. And I said to him afterwards, I said, Ron, why did you feel like you had to, you had to defend this? And he goes, well, you know what? I mean, a lot of people are into this, but then he goes on to tell me about numerous things that he can't stand about his industry. Mm. And I said, well, Ron, why couldn't you, you share that with the crowd? But I think he, he feels like you have to put, you know, you have to, you have to put your best foot forward and you have to, you know, say this, but deep down inside, a lot of them know there's some issues there. They know how hardcore and how violent and how, um, unhealthy a lot of this stuff is. And, um, they're not maybe going to say it. You know, a lot of the girls that we found in porn, the porn stars don't even like men. Um, they'll take a photo with guys all day long at a porn show, and then behind their back, they'll they'll. I mean, they'll talk how disgusted they are by men, by sex, by um, you know, just all this. Because um, and one of the girls we brought to the porn show, Angela, who was a stripper for years, and she said, uh, um, you know, it took her years to get over this, just these feelings that she has towards men, and uh, and yet on a pretty box cover it looks like you know they enjoy it and they love guys and you know it's, it's not the case it's a lot of it's a lie on the receiving end i mean how um you know it seems to be a massive problem especially with christians i mean uh, you know um uh, on our prayer board on our website we have um people can post prayer requests and stuff and i would say i mean what half of them Oh yeah, are about every, about porn every addictions. day. Yeah, and they're one, they're crying out for help. They're like, I hate, I hate this about my life, and and I just can't stop. And it's like, I you know, I think it surprised us how many Christians, how many pastors, how many leaders are grappling with this in their own lives. And it's like, I mean, what hope is there? What what can you tell them to like help them get set free from this? I think a lot of people, yeah, are just, I mean, the amount of time, one, we're spending online, and and it's going to get to you. Even the best of people, the best of pastors, the best of people, the best of, you know, soccer moms, it doesn't matter who you are. This stuff, you know, is is coming in, in into us. We're not having to go search for it. And so I've seen that, you know, where, I mean, so many people that we never would have thought of struggle with this, but the, the hope is is to expose this. And so a lot of these times on a prayer wall, I mean, we have the same thing where people are posting these things and, and hoping to get our answer, but they're not face to face with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a, a big part that, you know, that we share when we go to churches. And, you know, what I write about it is just, you've got to talk to somebody and they look at you like you're nuts. You're crazy. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I can't tell. I'm going to get fired if I tell my, my pastor, I'm going to get fired. You know, I'm going to lose my wife. I'm going to, but, but the thing is, if you don't, it will take you to this dead end where you'll lose that. You'll lose that relationship. You'll lose that job. You'll lose the job as a pastor. You'll lose the family. Porn will take all that from you. And so you're better off having those uncomfortable conversations now with mm-hmm. the people that you thought, well, you know, I can't have that conversation with. And that's why, you know, with the software that we offer for free and a lot of the stuff on our website is just, you know, can you find a safe place? I think churches need to become safe places. A lot of times, you know, we're not – you know, we're not safe places in our church where people aren't running to the church with this problem because they feel like you're gonna, you know, gonna look at us like we're we're, we're crazy and we're you know we're sick. And um, I feel like just more we need more Christians to embrace just people that are, are going through whether whether it's porn or what whatever it is, just of going. You know what? There's a safe place here. Mm-hmm. Now um, you are moving to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right. Yes, yes. You're in California. Right I'm now. in California well, right now. Why in the world would you move to Grand Rapids, <laughs> Michigan? I, that's what I've, you know, I asked myself that for months, and uh, 
I, it's interesting how God speaks and God calls. Um, you, as as you guys know, you guys are fans of, of Marcel and, and Rob Bell and the NUMA and all that stuff that's going on there. Well, Mike and I were privileged to be able to speak there a year ago, and we make that joke on stage, like, man, if you could like move this church to where we're at, <laughs> we'd, we'd come. <laughs> and and just as we've been back there a few times and got the opportunity to speak and just really em- be embraced by their community, we don't have that back at home. And it, it's the number one question we always get is from our our other churches when they invite us in and and people say what do your churches think well everyone likes us but you know it's like they keep their distance from us and here Mm -hmm. we found this community of people that you know this thing is is bigger than rob bell it's not about one if you go to this church where you guys have been it's it's a movement happening there Mm -hmm. where people have um have embraced us loved us and i really feel to take our ministry to the next level um we need some help we need some support um we've been doing it on our own and you know it's worked we haven't had to sit through elder board meetings and all, all this stuff and we're not still going to have to we're not becoming part of their church but i feel like god when god spoke to me he said you're moving and we prayed about it and listened to his voice and it was pretty clear that grand rapids would be the place is um, mike going to no mike mike is um so that, mike didn't mike yeah. didn't hear god <laughs> right <laughs> no i think you know the thing is i i not not didn't hear God or not. I think um, <laughs> the day to day side of what we do, I feel like um, um, is something that I run and and uh, I'm a part of. But with Mike, we still need the presence in California. Mm-hmm. A lot of our contacts there, and so in a sense, um, you know, and Mike's got family. It's it's not that it's easy for me to uproot my whole family. I got two kids, but no family nearby, and so Mike's got his parents, and and he's pretty pretty rooted in California. And I think it'll be great for us to be able to have. You know our offices, so to speak, in Grand Rapids, but then to have um, just you know I'll be crashing at Mike's place a lot in, in Southern California because there's a lot of what we have going on with church. It's the same thing. We have our church kind of headquarters and we have our porn headquarters, mm-hmm. so it makes sense for our kind of church headquarters to be out in in, in, uh, in the Bible Belt and where we spend all our weekends and um, make make flying to churches a lot easier. We can drive rather than fly, and um, and then to have Mike and, and a team out there in, in Southern California as well. So. When I was up, when I've been up at Mars Hill, I I I remember I like I sit there in the service and 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 like calculate how much airfare would be to fly up here every Sunday. Like I'm like, <laughs> like this church is so amazing. It's like okay, if I flew up on Friday night and flew back on Sunday, maybe God's talking to you too. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think you know, you, selfishly, we're like, hey, could we just move this to California? But I think part of what what is happening there is because it's in Grand Rapids. You know, yeah. you're in this Dutch Reformed area and. And now you have this this community that sticks out, and that's why I think you couldn't just uproot it here and and, and make it work over here. It, it it's all about that, you know, where they're at and what they're doing. And yeah, I hate the snow. I don't even own a jacket, and so to be able to, um, you know, there's that sense of going, you know, well, this has to be a God thing, and and I yeah. know it is, and and so we're excited to really, I mean, just even being here at Relevant, you know, seeing that you guys. Obviously, this is a legit thing. You know, <laughs> how you do the podcast, it's like legit you know, over a phone line like us. But just I want to have a, you know, some office. I want to have an intern. T- we we want to build this thing where yeah. it's not just, I mean, it looks like this massive thing. And it is on online, but there's not a lot of structure to what we do. And we've just gone and done and we've had other jobs. And so to really concentrate our efforts, um, is I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what what's going to happen. How long have you been at it now, Triple X Church? Four years, four years, um, four years this past January, and so. All right, I we had a reader uh, write in a question um, for you. Uh, he said, in Craig's book, he talks about wherever your gutter may be. For someone who's been inspired by people like Mike and Craig, and led to get on their gutter, um, to get into their gutter, how do you, Craig, suggest that they find what it is? As I'm feeling led by God to make my gutter my full career and a drastic way out gutter at that, I'm being encouraged and I'm eager to discover where God wants me to go. What kind of steps would you suggest for someone to find out what or where their gutter is? That's from Ben Pavey in Ontario, Canada. I think it's interesting because people hear our story, or even now that I've told people I'm moving, I've got emails going. I think I think I should move to Marcel. <laughs> you know, I think oh, I, no. it's. I always say in a talk, like you know, this is what is your porn show. And, and not calling people to our exact thing, but finding out, I mean, I mean in a sense, what, what you guys are doing here, it, it came from, you, you know, your experience in, in this field and going, you know what, I think I could do something else. And, and I think a lot of times it might not even be a change of profession. It might not be, okay, well, God wants to move me from here to here. We're talking extremes with what we're doing with the porn industry. But I think for a lot of people, it's, it might be as simple as, 
you know, going down to the local Starbucks and, you know, where you go every morning um, and where you work, you know, where you, um, the, the places that God has, the, the people that, that, that he has put you in contact with. And it might not be this, this you know, this crazy thought. It might be, okay, well, you know, one guy uh, read the book and goes, you know, my apartment complex, uh, we, we've been wanting to move for so long, but realize that that's where God has us and we, there's more to be done here. And so, Sure, I think we can go overseas, we can go to the porn industry, we can attack different things, but I think for a lot of people, if we can just get them to think, you know, as they go on their day-to-day journey, um, you know, who are the people that they pass that we just write off? You know, that guy we see every morning at the coffee shop that, you know, all we do is give him four bucks and, and on our way. Is there something else to be said to that guy? Is there something else to be done? And, and looking for opportunities, not just... Uh, I think in the Christian world, we're programmed to, you know, with mission trips and two weeks here, and, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, we got to serve my four di- four hours a, a month in, in the church, and, mm-hmm. and 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 just there's stuff we can do every day, and if we if we kind of have those eyes to to look, okay, well, where where are those hurting people? That's awesome. Now, tell us about your new book, Dirty Little Secrets. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's called Dirty Little Secret: The Truth About Porn, and you know, I really wanted to write the first book I wrote, um, you know, with you guys uh, about not about porn because we're the porn pastors and we can't ever escape that. But I feel like the, at the core of triple X church is not just helping people at porn. It's, it's reaching out and sharing the love of Christ. And so this book, it'll be interesting because this is, um, when, when I agreed to write it, I said it, it can't be there with Steve Artem Burns, every man's every, you know, the, the 85, every man's battle books right. and all the other porn stuff that when you even wander in that section at a bookstore, I mean, if you're in the the Christian bookstore to begin with, and now you're at the porn, I mean, that's that's like you don't want to head there, and right, so no, no you know, and so the porn. Some kind so, of alarm goes off. Prayer alarm, yeah. They have a minister meet you at the counter as you check out. Yeah, no, it's just, um, and there's a lot of those are a lot of great books, but to me, this isn't you know seven ways to get rid of porn in your life. It's really um, a collection of the stories of the people I've met. Um, whether it be at the porn industry, um, from the from the porn shows, from people that uh, we've met along the journey that have problems in this, and so it's I think the gutter. I'm um, you know I, I kind of spoke my point of view a lot, and people a lot of people loved it, a lot of people hated it. This book, I don't really think you can hate me. It's after reading it, it's just um, it's the stories, and this is what porn does. And yeah, it might not take you there, but these are the people that I've met and the stories of what um, how porn's devastated people, and so. There's a lot of great stuff in there from um, sound bites from people at the, on the showroom floors to people like Trinity that we've helped out of the porn industry um, have her whole story in there. And so it's, uh, you know, I'm excited to write it. Who knows? Uh, I was excited to write it. It comes out next month. Who knows if anyone will buy it? Because once again, it, it's porn in the title and it has that, you know, it, it has that stereotype, especially amongst the Christians that, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pick this one up. Right, it's but like they don't want to be outed or something. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, but you know that's what we do, and so I, I think, you know what? I mean, that's not that I, I don't want to write about porn, but it's it's um, oftentimes it's just the way it's perceived. But I, I hope people pick this up because I think it's um, it's it's the truth. You know, this is this is the truth about porn, and uh, you know, take it for what it is. Well, thank you for coming by. Uh, we've really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, if if you all want to find out more, go check out triplexchurch.com. His, his current book is The Gutter, and his new book is Dirty Little Secret. Thank you for coming by, Craig Gross. Thanks. That was a interview with Craig Gross, and before that, you heard "Pilot." Uh, the song was barely listening, and then after that, you heard the song "Melodrone." The song was oh, the band was Melodrone. The song was "Oh My." It's good stuff. You can head over to relevant.tv to see how those videos are pretty killer. Slamming. So, Hot. next up, we got relevant updates. What do, what do you got for us, Kara? Well. Radiant came back from the printer this week and yes, looks fabulous. It looks awesome. Yes, it does. I'm very excited. I feel like I could say that because I didn't really work on it. So I'm not, I don't want to, you know. I worked on it and I think it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real, it's great. And I think that um, 
Kara and and everybody working on it did a great job, and I think that you guys need to check it out. It'll be great. I I, I said I, great a lot. I in don't that paragraph. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I wasn't expecting great things, but it looked. I was really like like surprised. Like this looks awesome. Not that I didn't think it would look awesome, yeah. but when I had it in my hand, I was like, wow, this yeah, is good. The designers Corey and Anna did a great job of giving mm-hmm. it a unique look that's mm-hmm. fresh and feminine yeah. looks different from relevant but is equally as cool yeah, yeah it's not just like a spin-off of, of relevant like it's its own publication it's really it's really good my yeah. fiance had one of her friends over last night and they're like she's like oh did you see the new magazine um, and they're digging it here's here's what my wife told me she said i don't really read relevant um but I would read Radiant. That's why we started it. So thanks. There you go. Thanks. My fiance We're in never, counseling she, now. Dana, <laughs> Dana never listens to the podcast. I don't think she's heard an episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> neither does Madeline. <laughs> it's probably a good thing for so that her image remains the same as me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also, March 27th is the big day. It's the night of the relevant party downtown Orlando. So we're sending out uh, invites to all of our local subscribers and passing them out. If you know anybody who lives here, if you guys just want to come down here, a little post-spring vacation, come on down. Um, hey Jesse, are you going to be here next year or next next week? <laughs> I'm a long term. One thinker. day at a time. Yeah, <laughs> I actually will not be here. Um, I, I Wednesday, I will I'll be here up to Wednesday next week, and then I am getting married and I'm what? going to Jamaica yeah. for the Jamaica. following next week. So Ooh, I want to take you. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. So I, I I will miss the the big radiant release party, but so will I. But I'll I'm sure. I know. The, I know it'll be hard to have a I'll party without me and Flynn. I hope there's a chocolate <laughs> fountain there. <laughs> we had a chocolate fountain at lunch today. It was awesome, for no real reason other than that it was Thursday. I love how casually, like, oh, we had a chocolate fountain at lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. Oh, next week, I'm going to be at Future Gen Conference in Phoenix. It's a like a young leaders conference that they have every year. So I'll be speaking along with a lot of our friends like Dan Kimball. So that'll be cool. Nice. Where's that at, you said? Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix, nice. Yeah, that's it for relevant updates. Next up, editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. In honor of spring break and various travels of the relevant staff, our question of the week this week is, where is your favorite place to travel? Hmm. Vacation destination. Yes. Hmm. Send your feedback to editorial at relevantmagazine.com. Tune in next week when we have an interview with Bradley Hathaway, spoken word artist who has, uh, he actually has a book with Relevant called All the Hits So Far. We don't expect too much. Yeah. Rumor is he is hardcore. He's a manly man. He's a manly yeah. man. <laughs> we could keep going. Oh, and you'll get to hear him sing. What? Yeah. Mm. World premiere. I don't, I don't think he's recorded that song. So. Nope. Uh-oh. So it's going to be good. Tune in. Tune in. Tune Thanks in. for joining us this week. I'm Kara Davis. I'm Tyler Clark. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Turd Ferguson. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. Today is the day to act like two. Today is your day and you will be surprised that it is, that it is. Relevant Podcast, anytime, anywhere.